We know that building wealth comes from owning businesses and making investments. Yet why still do nearly half of businesses fail in the first five years, and why do others lose it all in their investments? Welcome to the Wealth Watchers Podcast, your resource for building a massive net worth. We bring real stories from real people who are experts in business and investing, who will share secrets and actionable strategies to amassing wealth and achieving success. Brought to you by Happy Camper Capital. And now, your hosts, Justin Hoggett and Adam Lendy. Welcome, everybody, to Wealth Watchers. I'm Adam Lendy, and with me is Justin Hoggett. How are you doing today, Hello, Justin? Guys. I'm doing good. Thanks for uh, jumping on today, and let's do another episode. Yeah, man, absolutely. Well, listen, I, I guess one thing I wanted to share today, and we'll just kind of jump into it, is, of course, you know, why we picked um, RV parks, why Happy Camper Capital, our parent company, is focused on investing in outdoor hospitality. What do you think? Yeah, you know, I could talk all day about RV parks. It's a good topic. <laughs> yeah, it's not only something, you know, for business that excites us, but also personally, too. You know, yeah. as, we sh- as we shared before, you guys spent a year on the road living in your RV and, you know, you inspired my family and I to buy an RV and take up camping and sink all of our money into that stinking RV. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> oh, don't be. We love yeah. it. And we're, we're, we're putting more money in it right now. But that's that's another topic for another day. Right. And I'm looking forward to the um, spring break trip coming up and and uh Spring's coming along and next thing you know, we're going to be using that thing like nearly full time again this summer. So really looking forward to, to visiting some of these parks out there and obviously traveling to some of them that we're going to be looking at, which is pretty exciting. Um, immediate future, you know, we've got Missouri and Iowa and, um, I don't know, I already feel like I'm going to be traveling the country looking at some of these. So that's pretty exciting. What could be more fun than that? Taking something that we already like doing and incorporating our business with it. Right. And and then being able to use what we end up with, um, which is, I think I've mentioned this before, but that's why it's so exciting is because I can, I can utilize the asset that we get to share with our investors as well. You know, and, and how many times you get to do that, like an apartment building, which is also considered commercial. You, you, uh, I mean, I mean, how many investors or owners actually live in the apartment building? I bet it's not very many. So being able to travel the country and actually use the asset that we're that we're looking into is just is awesome. So you're telling me that when you guys have a vacant unit in an apartment building, you and your family don't go camp out in there at night? Well, no, but I didn't I try to get you to use one? <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. I was busy that day. I forgot about that. <laughs> your apartments are lovely. I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> So, you know, it's, it's funny. I was, I was just thinking about this. I mean, it's it's kind of cool how this has all come together for us, taking a hobby, something that we already were doing, you know, in real estate. And of course, you know, now really watching the rubber meet the road on this, you know, as as this comes together and we get to spend our time traveling around to these parks with our RVs, you know, so actually getting to test drive them more or less and, uh, you know, see if they're the right fit for us and make sure that we're going to get the returns we're looking for. Right. Right. Which is obviously the, the, um, best part after that, besides using them, you know, is, I mean, maybe it is the best part, but is how much the returns are, you know, this is one of those commercial assets that really provides a proper cash flow, and, and you should buy for cash flow. So 
looking at these things and and um, realizing that the cap rates are higher than other assets like apartments um, provides a little bit more leeway. You know, yes, I think there's a little bit more work with these, but we're we're growing and we're going to get a, a large number of these where we'll have economies of scale, which will certainly benefit everyone and um, and getting getting a lot of different people to help us out on each individual one is going to be pretty fun. But, um, you know, in terms of, of the asset class, you know, we, we were just talking about the, the residential versus commercial aspect of it, you know, it's a totally different way of looking at it. Right. Absolutely. I mean, well, when you're looking at a residential investment, you know, be that for your house or, you know, something you're going to buy and put a tenant in, I mean, you know, it's, it's pretty simple, you know, I mean, really all you're looking at is the value of the land, the value of the improvements. And you're usually determining that through simple method, like comparable sales. So looking for what other homes in the area sold like, and, you know, it can get as simple as having like a price per square foot in a single family residential, you know, if it's the right price, just based on what the neighbors sold for, you know, but with these RV parks, I mean, gosh, if you were to take the business out of it, most of these things wouldn't be worth more than about two, $300,000. You know, if you were looking at just the land and, you know, a few basic utilities piped in there, uh, you know, but obviously we're looking at these things in several million dollar range. So it's just, it, it's, it's about so much more than that, about analyzing the business that actually drives all that income. Right. And it's, that's exactly right. So it is a business and that's what you're buying. So you treat it as such, you know, you're not buying the land and, and uh, you know, we've looked at somewhere the land uh, may have been worth more than the business, unfortunately. and now you know, the, the customer, the seller is trying to sell that property and they're kind of stuck between two worlds, you know, and, um, it's, it is a land that's been improved. And so that land, if you were to take the value of just that land, you'd have to actually clear off everything, which is expensive in a lot of cases. So now they're stuck between, well, is it a business? Is it land? And, um, it's certainly a different way to look at it. Um, backing up to your comment about the houses, you know, it's funny because, Recently, there's been a lot of questions on uh, some of our community pages and and like bigger pockets or whatnot. And people are talking about single family homes and single family homes are nice because it's generally a longer term tenant, at least in my experience. You know, there's there's generally um, a bigger demand for those versus apartments, because, I mean, I think a lot of people would rather live in their own home than an apartment, perhaps. But um but with that, you know, people are buying up houses and especially in today's environment, the houses are going for so much that I don't think people are really understanding the cash flow aspect of a single family home. Like it's kind of, I don't know, sexier to have a home, a lot of homes versus apartments perhaps. Um, but, but the cash flow, you know, you start to look at the expenses in your, um, in your mortgage and then your, your taxes and sometimes HOAs and, you know, maintenance and, whatever else. And next thing you know, you look at it and you go, wow, my cash flow is actually not that good. And, and I just helped someone else, I think experience the answer perhaps, but the, the cap rate was around one and a half percent is what he just had purchased the home for, you know, after he put a renter in it. And I'm like, well, that's, you know, and he paid cash. And so he had a pretty good amount of money into the home. And it's unfortunate because I think he could have really benefited maybe from a model that we're going towards. Right. So, um, you know, what kind of, cap rates are we seeing? We're seeing pretty good, right? Well, yeah. And just to give some comparison to that, I mean, you know, and I we mentioned this in an earlier episode that your average single family residential, you're probably seeing about 
5% cap, you know, maybe six or seven, if you're in a really good area and getting a really great deal, which in this current 2021 housing market, you're not getting those kind of deals right now. Um, that's something that you might attain in time, but that's not, that's definitely not based on today's value. So, um, that's something to consider, but whereas in RV parks, I mean, I, I think our cutoff threshold is, I mean, it's gotta be something really special with some great potential, but is 8%. That is the absolute bare minimum we'd be looking at even considering, you know, and ideally we'd like to be in that 12 to 13, maybe even more range. Yeah. Yeah. And so when we're looking at things, you know, we're, we're definitely comparing what the park has, some of the assets on the property. We're looking at how big the property is and realizing, is there a potential for, uh, additional spots of, or, you know, that, and that's one way to increase the cap rate in the end would be to improve the property even more. Um, obviously getting, <clears throat> excuse me, getting the, uh, reservations go in the softwares to get some additional help in that department. You know, there's a lot of opportunity that we're seeing and utilizing a lot of these opportunities can also take a eight cap, nine cap property and make it that 11, 12, pretty darn quick. Right. And especially if the more spots we have, you know, some of these we're looking at have 120 spaces and you get a, you get five more renters or well, uh, five more campers per week. I mean, that, that adds up pretty quick. You know, and that's one of the things I just, that's so exciting about this is that we have the chance to increase our revenue. And if you compare that back to that single family residential, you really can't do a lot. The best you can do is hope for a rent raise at the renewal and hope that the, that the rental market supports it. You know, and at that point, you're at the mercy of everybody around you who's renting. Because if they're all running low, you can't be the one that sticks out like a sore thumb above them because you're going to sit vacant. However, in this realm, we get to add revenue streams. So, you know, kind of like you talked about adding maybe more spaces one way, adding propane sales, adding boat rentals, you know, all these little things we can do to increase that revenue. Uh, that's something you just can't do with the single families. Yeah, absolutely. And and don't give away all our secrets, right? But <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> <Top> but, <secret. laughs> but yeah, the, the houses um, and you're locked into a year lease. And so. Uh, I, I mean, I experienced this sometimes and, and COVID certainly helped show this as well, but you know, some people I would say, um, got stuck with high rents. Some people like me, uh, got stuck with low rents, you know, from our tenants. And so, you know, when you sign a year lease, you're stuck for a year, one way or another could be good, could be great, could be bad. Um, so having the flexibility with an RV park too, where you can change the rates daily, uh, weekly, monthly, I mean, however you want. Right. And if it's, uh, even seasonally, so if it's, um, 4th of July weekend, you know, it's another opportunity to, to say, guess what? We're, we plan to be full and we're going to maximize that this weekend. So certainly some good areas to, to increase cash flow. You know, and I thought, I actually thought of one thing that conflicts with what I said before. If you did want to make more money on your single family, another popular way right now is the short-term rental right? The Airbnb, the Verbo, you know, the, the, the other ways to get people in your house and charge them on a per night basis, which obviously can drastically beat, you know, what a long-term tenant's going to do. The trouble with that is that comes with risk and that's based all on government regulation. You know, the government in that area could decide any time to pull that rug out from under you. And a lot of cities already have, you know, they've imposed heavy taxes and they've put rules in place against that. But the best thing about RV parks, they're permitted for that use. You know, that's not going to change unless you do something really heinous. 
Right. Right. And, and I've like where my neighborhood is, we cannot do Airbnb and, um, I would say it's a little unfortunate, but you know, sometimes you don't want that in your neighborhood and I, I get that, but, uh, you know, that's, that's an opportunity though, to look at for, for Airbnbs might be to do that in other countries. So that could be a good opportunity to invest outside of the U S if you wanted, but the, uh, RV parks, um, <clears throat> you know, getting, getting those around the country and, and picking the good spots where people are going and, and want to be and the snowbirds and, you know, like the, the amount of sales in the RVs lately, I mean, you know, they're going to get used and you know, they're going to get added to the different RV parks in the future. So, um, it's certainly a good industry to be in. Well, and we've already proven too, that this is a nearly recession resistant asset. You know, I mean, 2020, we were pushed into by definition, a recession, you know, we had more than two quarters of GDP decline and RV parks couldn't have been doing any better. Right. Yeah. They've done a great year, 2020, generally. Um, some of the over-the-road parks maybe suffered a little bit, but we've certainly seen a pretty big increase overall with the use. And then even so far, 2021, the reservation rates are up. I mean, I just talked to a gentleman that said his 2021 rates are up 53% compared to first part, first quarter 2020. So it's pretty incredible. People are making it outside. I think it's, it's good overall too, in terms of people's happiness. I think people need to be outside. I think they need to enjoy the outdoors. They need to be as a family unit and, and enjoy the time out in the wilderness or, you know, or treat it as a resort even, you know, and maybe there's a pool or a pickleball court or something like that on the property that they can enjoy. And, um, it's, it's entertainment. It's right there at their hands. You really love pickleball, don't you? Uh, I, <laughs> my dad is into it, so I'm stuck on it. <laughs> I've got the theme recently. Yeah. Well, you know, it comes to mind, but, uh, volleyball, horseshoes, you know, uh, events, um, you know, a lot of these parks too, you know, they'll have, uh, Halloween events and costume events and Labor Day and 4th of July, you know, it's, it's exciting you know, and it's something that I know my family wants to be a part of. And, and the cool thing too, I'm getting my daughter involved in it, Sydney. She's, she's totally stoked about this. She's like, dad, how can I make money too on this? And I love that mindset, right? She's, she's 10. So I'm trying to get her started early. And she says, you know, I'm going to make a thousand dollars this summer selling s'more kits. And, um, and, and I'm just so excited because she's thinking, uh, like, what do people want? Right. And that's, I think, important for an investor as well is like, what do people want? Like, let's let's give that to them. Right. Like this is a win win uh, for everyone. Right. Our investors win. We win. Our customers win. Like our goal is to make everyone happy in this regard. And it's so much fun. And, you know, one thing I, I will say is no matter how you feel about, you know, COVID and 2020 and how all that went. Um, it certainly, it, it shifted maybe where some of our priorities are and shifted certainly the way we travel. Um, I mean, RV sales were up so high because obviously airlines were changed and there. Most people who got into it last year said that they're going to keep doing it. You know, I, I think we had a number that was close to 70% of people who did it for the first time last year said they were going to keep doing it this year, regardless of when travel restrictions were lifted and things opened back up. So it's just showing people a new way to appreciate what's right in their backyard. Right. Right. And, and seeing some of the national parks and, you know, there's a, there's a lot to see in this country. And, and perhaps I, at one point even overlooked that 
until recently. You know, it's like I, we, we talk about, well, I can go to Europe, I could go to Australia or whatever country it is. And it's just so amazing what we have in our own backyard. It's, it's incredible. And it's so exciting to see. Well, I mean, I'm a native Coloradan and you and I were in Durango last summer. That was my first time ever there. It's in my backyard. I've never even gone. It's such a cool spot. <laughs> right. I know we, we pass by things so often, but. Yeah. Well, I want to go back to something you mentioned a minute ago, because, you know, I, obviously I had mentioned that the RV park industry boomed last year. And you mentioned, of course, the over the road ones, the overnight ones, you know, maybe took a hit. And, you know, fortunately, that's not the kind we're investing in. Um, you know, we're not targeting the ones that you pop into overnight. Um, but why do you think that is those ones went down? Yeah, I think people might, uh, went more towards destinations and um, those destinations didn't always need to happen in long distances. So they were more more uh, in the backyard for say, right? Like going to the Durango, right? We could get there in one day. We didn't have to stop somewhere on the way. So those visitor rates went down on the, on the over the road properties and, um, suffered a little bit. Uh, maybe they didn't have the amenities for people to stay. So maybe they did have people come through, but didn't stay as long because they had to get to their other spots quickly or I don't know, but yeah, the, the, the spots, um, spots like that, I, I, I want to be able to take my family too as well and say like, check this out. We're going to, we're going to stay here for a little bit and be happy about that. Kind of put our money where our mouth is, so to speak, you know, go to the places that we'd actually want to stay. Yeah. Right. And and that's a motto I've always had with my apartments too, is never provide a place for someone to live that I wouldn't live myself. And I think it's really, you know, done well for, for me. And I think that's a good mindset to have. And you keep good looking apartments. Um, but I'll tell you this, the RV park sounds a lot more exciting than staying in an apartment overnight. <laughs> yeah. So what, uh, what RV travel you guys got planned this summer? You know, unfortunately we haven't really planned ahead very well as of yet, but I kind of enjoy that because I'm looking forward to seeing what we've got coming up in the pipeline, what we're going to have for this summer. I think, um, also being flexible is a lot more fun for me. I'd rather just hit the road and go and, you know, the next week could be like, oh, let's go to Utah or next week, let's go to Michigan. I don't know. It could be anywhere, but, um, I don't, I don't necessarily like plans, but, but here's the thing too, is I just heard a stat about Michigan. I don't know if this is true. So I'm going to put that little disclaimer out there, but they opened up their, their park system in on Monday, uh, a couple weeks ago, and they were sold out by Wednesday. Now, that's some demand right there. Right. And I know that Colorado is very similar because you have to make reservations oftentimes six months out and it's even like, it's a trick and you have to do it six months in one week and a minute or something, you know, like you have to be ready. And then you make that submit button, which has like 40 other people on at the exact same time submitting at the exact same moment. And you're like, did I get it? Did I get it? It's like a lottery and it's just incredible. So that's how much demands out there. Um, but in terms of plans, you know, I, I know that we'll be out and about, do you, do you have, do you have any good plans? Well, you know, we talked about obviously the, the parks where we've got on our roster here that we're going to be checking out. So th that's in the near future. Um, you know, the thing I'm excited about though, is kind of the reason a lot of people took the road last year, especially a lot of the millennials who are working right now, is just that they can work remote and that's what we're planning on doing. You know, the awesome thing about our venture is that, you know, this can be done from anywhere. You know, we, we don't have to be at our home base here in Denver. We can be 
in Iowa. We can be in, you know, Utah, Arizona, Florida, wherever, and we can, we can run this operation. So I plan on taking full advantage of that. Um, you know, I mentioned at the beginning, of course, that I'm sinking more money in my RV. Uh, we're putting a, a dedicated solar system on it so I can power my laptop and work on the road. Yeah, that's great. Great news. I have one on mine and have certainly utilized that and helps with the boondocking. And, you know, I don't want too many people boondocking out there, but, <laughs> but, uh, but it certainly is a thing and, and, uh, it has its place and we've enjoyed that as well. But, um, you know, but there's no, there's no pools or anything like that when you're boondocking and the kids sometimes get bored. So can't do it too much. Nothing against boondocking, but you have to be pretty self-reliant. <laughs> and even then, it's still nice to check into an RV park every now and again and actually flush your tanks out and, you know, clean up and get a good shower on good water. So, yeah, we all need those showers. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, right on, Justin. Um, so, you know, obviously, you know, we've got listeners kind of listen in on a little bit about why we're doing this. And, you know, of course, what's so exciting about RV parks, you know, since it's the backbone of our business. Um, I guess, you know, for, for those who are, who've been kind of a fly on the wall, so to speak, um, you know, what should, what, what do you think they'd want to know? What should we teach them? Well, I think it depends on the person that's, uh, that's listening, you know, if they're an investor, know that we're very conservative along the lines of what we're investing in and making sure that it's going to work for everyone and has a great future. And so, uh, we're being careful in that regard. Uh, if it's the people that are potentially going to be our customers, then, you know, know that we're going to take care of them, that this is uh, exciting for all of us. Well, and, and for our investors, our potential investors listening um, who don't know kind of how that works, you know, picture this. This is like the crowdfunding of real estate. You know, this is kind of like uh, the Indiegogos and the uh, other websites like that that uh, help bring money together. We're all pooling our money together to buy these massive assets that have fantastic returns, you know, something that the average person wouldn't have the leverage to do. So, you know, it's an awesome opportunity to have some great passive cash flow and, of course, some ownership in a huge asset that's appreciating as real estate does. So, and of course, you know, those two groups aren't mutually exclusive either because our investors and our guests, we hope, are the same people. You know, we're, we're looking for like-minded people who want to get out and actually use their investments, right? Sure. Sure. Absolutely. Well, great. So yeah, for anyone listening who wants to know more about Happy Camper Capital, if this is something that excited you and if you want to learn about our investments, um, you know, we'd love to have a call with you. So um, jump on our website, happycampercapital.com. Um, we've got an investor section. You can fill out the questionnaire. We'd be happy to jump on the phone and chat with you. There's no obligation. Uh, we've got no interest in, you know, pressuring you to do anything. This has got to be something you're excited about. Yeah, we look forward to talking to you and reaching out to you. And uh, hopefully we'll see you out on the road, too. And if it's not your cup of tea, keep listening because we're going to keep sharing in other awesome financial strategies with you guys. So um, thank you all for tuning in today. Uh, it's been great having you as a fly on the wall. All right. Until next time. This has been the Wealth Watchers Podcast. If you enjoyed this content, please subscribe and leave a review on your podcast player of choice. Join us on Facebook where our members and guests are actively engaging in discussions on wealth-growing strategies by searching for Wealth Watchers Community on Facebook. 